Hello, music teacher friends. Welcome to episode number 54 of the Beyond Measure podcast. I am Christina Whitlock, here to serve as your anytime piano teacher friend. And today we are talking about policies that can save your studio teacher sanity, (laughs) or at least those that save mine. I thought it only fitting to talk about a few of the policies that save my life these days, especially since we spent last week talking about making exceptions. So I am going to address three topics today, and these are currently ranking pretty high on my list of zero exceptions, as in I do not mess with these three things. Y'all know that I love a disclaimer, so please remember this. My policies are exactly that. They are things that work for me. So the policies that I am addressing today are things that keep my life functioning for the best, but there are lots of you out there for whom these policies don't work. That's fine. As long as you are a happy studio teacher, it must be working for you. So great. (laughs) I think it's a good idea this time of year to sit down with your studio policies and ask yourself my two favorite reflection questions. (laughs) What is working and what is not? So if you take nothing else away from today's episode, I would love to prompt you to consider which of your policies are really just saving your sanity right now, (laughs) or at least which ones are working really well for you. So I will go first, since this is my podcast and all, but feel free to message me this week and tell me your sanity-saving studio policies. I love hearing how different things work for different people. It's one of my like unique fascinations about our profession, so drop me a note. I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> okay, so without further delay, let's talk about policies that work abundantly well for me and my sanity. (laughs) Number one, I do not teach students that I go to church with, and I don't teach children of my friends. I just don't do it. I know there are a lot of you out there thinking that if you didn't teach kids from your church or from friends' families, that you wouldn't have any students. So again, this all boils down to what works for you. I know these relationships can coincide without that much trouble, but at the same time, it only takes one rotten situation to make you think differently. Or at least that's been my experience. (laughs) So on some level, I know it feels silly because, of course, me being me, I end up becoming friends with all of my studio families eventually. (laughs) But there is something nice about knowing that our relationship began as this business arrangement, and we never have to worry about complicating a pre-existing friendship. 
Just like I talked about in our Money Talk episode, which is number 37, if you want to go back and check that out, every person you encounter has a different relationship with their money. What you do with your money is very likely different than what your neighbors do, or what your brother does, or what your friends do. Money is an emotional topic for many people, and personally, I just prefer not to cross that line with people that I already have an existing relationship with. It just works. But here's the thing. Looking back at last week's conversation about that slippery slope of exception making, if I made one exception to this rule, let's say I took on one kiddo from church whose family was really begging and pleading with me, (laughs) that one exception negates the entire rule. I can no longer say that I do not take students from church or my friends once I've done it, right? Even just that one time. Of course, there have been many times that I have been very tempted to make an exception to that rule. But I will tell you this, the awkward situations that I have been spared by simply being able to say that I don't teach my friends' kids or I don't teach members of my congregation, that has made the trade-off so worth it for me. It has saved me time and time again from awkward situations with students whose families would be, um, let's just say, not the right fit for my studio. (laughs) To be fair, I've also missed out on some awesome students. So it's not that this policy comes without a trade-off. It definitely does. But in the end, it's all about figuring out what matters most to you. So maybe this principle applies to you. Maybe it doesn't. But how can you make it useful for yourself? Well, why don't you take some time to decide if there are students that you do not want to teach? For example, not everyone is built to be a preschool music teacher. Not everyone desires to teach adult students. Maybe you have a large extended family and you need to decide that you are no longer teaching family members. Or maybe you only want to teach students from a certain school system so that everyone has identical breaks from school. I don't know but I bet you know. So let's think about it and figure out how this might work for you. All right, so that was number one. Moving on to life-saving policy number two, and it's a controversial one, I know, but I do not give makeup lessons, friends. It's in my policy. I made this change several years ago, and frankly, I don't ever want to go back. Do people still ask for makeup lessons? Oh yeah, (laughs) but I have learned, and to be honest, I'm also in the process of relearning that it is really better to leave that line drawn. There was a time in my life, namely before I had children, that I was extremely flexible in makeup lessons. I saw it as a way to build rapport with my families. And I know they did appreciate it, but it also ran me a little ragged. (laughs) And now, with young children home with me and the hours that I put in each week, 
there's just no way. It's just not possible. So I don't think I have to give you the speech about how saying yes to something always means saying no to something else, do I? Don't we already know that? (laughs) From a consumer perspective, it is tempting for our parents and studio families to think, oh, sure, she can teach me at eight o'clock tomorrow night because she'll get my lesson time off today at 5.30, right? It all evens out. (laughs) Ha, well, we all know it's not an equal trade-off, right? (laughs) At 5.30, I have a childcare plan in place that I don't have at 8 o'clock p.m., right? At 5.30, I am in the groove of teaching. At 8 o'clock, maybe I'm not. Plus, of course, that laughable question of the time off at 5.30, well, it never really works out to being free time, does it? Your previous student probably stays a couple minutes late. You check your inbox and send off a few quick replies. You blink your eyes a few times and poof, your next student has arrived, right? <laughs> Where was that break anyway? <laughs> In case you're curious, I will tell you what I do instead. Because I do want to respect the financial commitments families are making to my studio, 100%. So, if a student can't come for their lesson, and assuming a virtual option isn't going to solve the problem, I will use their lesson time to film a couple of short video lessons for them in place of their actual lesson. In return, they can send me practice videos via the Tonara app, Um, Or not, it doesn't really matter, because in the end, we're all getting further along in our week, and we're all happy campers. You may have noticed that earlier I mentioned that I am actually relearning the importance of this policy, (laughs) and that is because, in all honesty, I got a little loosey-goosey on it over the past year or so. You know, if I have any cancellations for the week, I will often offer them up to other students who had conflicts in the same week. Personally, I like that arrangement because in the end, I would always rather see my students than not see my students. But you know how this is. It's almost always the same families who end up having to cancel lessons And little by little, I am realizing that those families are really coming to expect makeups again. And yes, they signed and agreed to a no-makeup policy. And yes, I try to remind them every time that reschedules offered are done so as a courtesy only. (laughs) But again, I'm starting to see that in those weeks where I cannot accommodate a reschedule, I am definitely sensing frustration on their end. And truly, I'm taking the blame on that one because I'm the one who has bent the rules too many times. You have to remember, friends, that we teach our clientele how to treat us. And if makeup lessons are not an option for you, like they aren't for me, we are all better off knowing exactly what to expect and not muddying the waters with those exceptions. It just leads to a confusing experience for everyone. Now, Are there times to make an exception to a no-makeup policy? Absolutely. (laughs) And this, of course, is the beauty of running our own businesses. 
we get to make those decisions for ourselves. And of course, I should probably say that the last two years have definitely been a time for giving grace and possibly some exceptions. But if your exceptions ever start to become the norm, well, then Houston, we have a problem. Long story short, if you don't have some really clear boundaries around makeup lessons and when and why and if you are going to offer them, it's probably time for some deep contemplation, friend. Okay, life-saving policy number three. I don't teach on weekends. For some of you, that's a no-brainer. But for many of you, weekend teaching is something you do and maybe even something you really enjoy. I have several friends who swear by their Saturday lessons, saying that they are more laid back and maybe even more productive than their lessons that take place during the week. I can see that, but my brain needs a total break on the weekend. (laughs) I taught Saturdays for many years, mostly in the days when I was in school, or in those early married years when I was trying to slam myself with as many students as humanly possible. (laughs) As I worked to phase those Saturday students out, I had a very long stretch of time when I only taught two students on Saturday morning. And maybe you've been here, but it is really easy to tell yourself, well, it's only an hour on Saturday morning. And In some cases, that's still worth it, because sure, it is only one hour on Saturday morning. But we all know, actually, that that is an hour where, for instance, you have to be up and showered and dressed. (laughs) It's an hour the house has to be somewhat picked up from your Friday evening pizza movie night. It's an hour you're putting off other weekend projects you have planned, You know, maybe that you would have started at 8, but since your students are showing up at 9, you end up just scrolling on your phone for an hour. (laughs) It's an hour that you have to be on. Animated, professional, all the things, you know the drill. (laughs) And for me, that rule of not teaching on the weekends has been incredibly life-giving. So, I treat my vacation weeks the same way. I do everything I can to protect the sanctity of the weeks that I take off of teaching. (laughs) Sure, sometimes I do have to teach a little bit here and there if I have had to miss some lessons myself, but I try really, really hard to explore every possible option first before teaching over a break. So, even if you do teach on weekends, I would strongly encourage you to make sure that you block out specific times throughout the week to not teach and stick to that. Young teachers, hear me on this. I used to just teach like the Energizer Bunny, and I convinced myself that I was somehow built to teach more intense workloads than other teachers. And maybe that is somewhat true, But I can also promise you this. Here, at the ripe old age of 39, it has officially caught up with me. 
I teach pretty long hours Monday through Friday, but then I need that 48-hour solace on the weekends. (laughs) And for the record, I need full 7-day, 14-day, or whatever number of day breaks a few times each year. Here's the secret. Rested teachers are better teachers. There are so many times where we can convince ourselves that, ah, we can do a little more and take a little less break. But it rarely works out in our favor. To riff on a favorite quote of mine, (laughs) there is a time to teach and there is a time to rest. We have to embrace both and neglect neither. So, okay, friends, there you have it. My very public reflection of the three policies most working for me in this season of my life. So now it's your turn. Make some time this week to consider what studio approaches are really working for you in a big way right now. I happen to think acknowledging the things that are working is every bit as important as taking note of what is not working. But somehow they are just less obvious, right? So while you ponder those questions, let me take a moment and toast your extraordinary efforts this week. Music teacher friends of the world, today I am celebrating you for the many hats you wear. Not only are you bringing the gift of music instruction to your students every week, but you are also managing your business like a boss. (laughs) I know that not many of us really embrace that aspect of what we do, but we do need to acknowledge the fact that business-related decisions are a huge part of what we do. And we need to give ourselves a little pat on the back every once in a while for making the decisions that are working for us. Even if there's clearly room for improvement, take a moment right now to reflect on how far you have come this year or this decade or whatever. You know, you are making decisions that are resulting in income for you and for your family. And that is certainly something worth celebrating. So, well done, my brilliant teacher friends. This is me raising my glass to you here, here. That's a wrap on episode number 54, friends. So, as always, thanks for being here and engaging in this little friendship that we have formed through the airwaves. (laughs) You are always welcome to come find me on Instagram and Facebook. Just search up Beyond Measure Podcast. And if you have any sanity-saving policies you want to share with me, just for fun, feel free to email them to me at beyondmeasurepodcast at gmail.com. Keep shining bright, friends. This is your weekly reminder to work hard, rest well, and be nice. (laughs) Thank you so much.